What's going on? This is Sam Pollock, the president of the Kelly Pod, which is an Indiana University organization where we welcome successful IU alumni and faculty to tell current students about their successes and experiences after and at the years of Bloomington. And for our first episode, I'm excited to welcome Tyler Kozib, better known as Tyco. He's a chief growth officer of the social media brand Handshake Bets, which was acquired by sports gambling company Better by Jake Paul and a 2021 IU Kelly graduate. So we're excited to have you. Um, why don't we dive into some questions? Before, before we dive in, man, I just want to say what a pleasure it is. I, when you reached out to me, I said, I have to do this. Um, as a you know, Kelly alum, IU guy, have to come back. This is my second time now uh, being you know, back with the campus since I've been, since moving down to Miami. And honestly, I'm just so grateful for uh, you having me on, Sam. I, I can't wait to dive into this. Awesome, we're happy to have you. So. Going off of that, I'd love to hear about your experience at IU and Kelly, what dorm you lived in freshman year, what clubs you were involved in, and your overall experience. Heck yeah. I mean, you cannot complain about Bloomington too much. Uh, I think out of all the cities I've been to at this point, it probably has the best fall, I would say. Um, but no, I, I came onto campus as a direct admit to Kelly, uh, lived in Foster Harper, is that the big one? Um, so not, you know, not too far away from the business school. And then, um, throughout my time at, at Kelly and IU, I was in a couple different clubs, uh, primarily SCOMA, which is the supply chain operations management association and the sales club. Um, I was the vice president of that club for a little bit. So that was definitely one of my um, more major involvements on campus. And then I was also in the business operations consulting workshop. So I got to work with a ton of really cool people who are, you know, doing some more, uh, you know, business on the nose in their careers. Uh, I've had a different career path, but definitely think that, uh, you know, my time on or in Bloomington was spectacular. Like I, I have some of my best friends. I actually work with uh, James Dvorak and Patrick Murtaugh, who also attended IU and Kelly, um, also great alums. And, you know, I didn't know Pat going to school. James was one of my high school best friends. So obviously I found, a, you know, one of my best friends who I live with now I found on campus at IU. So that was definitely a, a great thing. I've had some awesome memories, you know, at all the great, you know, restaurants on Kirkwood. Uh, I'd say Nick's is definitely my favorite. Every time we go back, we got to stop by, play some Sink the Biz, and of course, you know, have the, have the Cajun fries. Come on, those things always smack. <laughs> but yeah, no, overall, great experience. Awesome. Sounds like you have a lot of uh, fun at IU, but also a lot of professional experiences in the workshop in SCOMA. And going off of that, I'd love to ask you about how you think IU best prepared you for your career after colleges or some classes you took and professors that you had that stood out to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, that's kind of a loaded question for me. Um, I feel like now is probably a good time to explain to everyone that's listening that maybe doesn't know me that well. Uh, when I graduated from IU with my business uh, degree, my, my degree in supply chain management, I uh, applied for a job at Amazon, and I actually was an area manager uh, at a couple of different locations in Amazon, uh, one in St. Louis, the Edwardsville area, Edwardsville, Illinois, if any of you are from there. And then I also moved up to a location up in Chicago in the southwest suburbs. Um, but I think IU definitely prepared me you know, wholeheartedly for that career path. Uh, before I switched over to social media, just by, you know, giving me all the tools I needed. Um, I was definitely, you know, believe it or not, uh, K201, K303 
for my first two years out of school, I was, you know, one of the only people that knew how to like do the pivot tables and stuff like that. And I was teaching actually my boss how to, you know, collect data in a manner that or cleanse data in a manner that made sense, you know, with all the shortcuts that maybe sometimes um, on campus seem a little bit, um, what's the correct word, maybe a little monotonous for that. But, you know, it definitely over time, uh, it paid off, right? And, and that's one of the things that I think stands out about Cali in general is, you know, I, I think we do do a very good job preparing people for life, you know, after college. And, you know, I also think that the reason that I was able to make this shift in my entire career so successfully was due to uh, my prep preparation at IU. Um, I think IU was always in power or instilled in our through different you know things, whether it be I Corps or you know the way that our test schedules are like compared to other colleges. I think that we are set up for success when these major deadlines in life come together. Um, I've never felt unprepared for a single day in my life after graduation, right? Obviously on campus, had some days where I had to, you know, bite the bullet, um, maybe wasn't as prepared, but it definitely, uh, I think instilled like a self-starter mentality, just, you know, graduating from IU in a great program that has got me to where I am uh, at this point in my life, running a social media company um, that is, well, running a social media brand that was ultimately bought by a, an, another large organization. Sounds awesome. You got the full college experience at IU, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners are interested in your social media brand, Handshake Bets. What was your vision when you started that? I know it was a it started over COVID, that pandemic, and I'd love to hear about your vision for Handshake Bets at the beginning, your role as Chief Growth Officer, and everything you've gone through for the past couple of years. For sure, yeah. I, I think that... Um... With Handshake Bats, when we first started out, it was honestly just having fun. Um, and we honestly did not set out to be a social media. I, I never set out to be a content creator. That was never my job until um, last June when they brought me on full time as a content creator. Um, when we started Handshake Bats, we were developing a mobile application. And we actually applied to uh, one of the, there was a, I forget what it's called, but there's a there's a group on, on uh, campus that actually, you know, funds the startups and we went through that process we unfortunately got denied and you know at that point in time right we had no money put into it and no product and we're like ah maybe we should you know wrap it up but we kept pushing as you mentioned um when COVID hit we were actually all studying abroad we came home and we still had this idea in the back of our mind like oh should we start a you know bet on anything app so we actually went through and developed it so i think the first thing that we um set out to be the original vision was an actual you know, peer to peer to peer uh, betting application that you could basically think about it like Twitter, where Sam, if I were to send you a tweet, like tag you in it, you would have the option instead of, you know, retweeting and liking to go either and accept or decline. And that was basically like the MVP of what we thought um, this platform would look like. Flash forward a couple months, um, we had like almost a thousand users on the app. No money had ever been transferred on the app. We never got to that part of the stage. We were actually uh, sending virtual a virtual currency that had no monetary value around to each other just like for fun betting on everything from you know who's going to walk in the door next to who's going to win this game on the tv right now um and so then you know we're like all right we have all these users maybe we should try to grow our user base so we started promoting it a little bit and over time you know we just started posting short form content which is the videos that you'll see now at handshake bets on tiktok instagram youtube uh we do tweet stuff out but our twitter is kind of we're we're in, a, we're in a growing phase still on our uh, Twitter. That is definitely a goal of mine in 2024. But um, 
yeah, the like the the impetus of it was we just want friends to be able to not not only bet but like hang out with each other in a virtual fun way. And we realized that when we make you know a, a handshake, right, an agreement between two people, it makes everything a little bit more competitive, right? Everyone in the world is a competitive person. If you boil it down, we all want to be the best at anything. We all want to get the highest grade in the class. We all want to, you know, we all want to succeed the most in our careers. But when you can like have that one-on-one head-to-head matchup, we think that it just gives it a little bit more fun to it too. So that was really what we start out to do. Um, as you mentioned, like as my role as chief growth officer right now, we're still in the acquire followers phase, right? So my goal is to inspire people to actually give, to give them a reason to follow us, um, whether that be on social media or, you know, just start making handshake bets of their own. Um, I think that this is one of those things that I will never stop doing that side of it. But as I alluded to earlier, obviously like 2024, I'm looking more at how we can do it on Twitter. Um, I think our TikTok is in a pretty good spot right now, but you know, we can definitely do better on Instagram. We can collaborate more with other social media presences. And I think that's where we're going to continue to move forward as an entire brand, um, you know, going on to the second half of 2024 and into 2025 um, with using our current following to attract other you know, content creators and other brands to partner with us, whether it be monetary or actually just collabing on an Instagram post. And that it, that will ultimately, hopefully, right, the trickle-down effect is those people's followers now see you, they click on your page, they watch your videos, they like what you do, they like that you've worked with a follower or a creator that they follow, and then they hit that, that follow button, right? That is ultimately the goal um, every single day, right? In, you know, 10 years from now, uh, maybe, you know, better is not in the spot or maybe, you know, better is ready to be sold or we go public or maybe they want to be done with handshake bets or something like that. Um, we would love to bring the app back. I think that is at the end of the day, that's our like North Star, right? We think that there's something very fun there, but um, we just do realize that there's a lot of legal, you know, jargon to learn at that point. We'll have to get lawyer up big time to be able to, you know, make an actual monetary value exchange on a uh, betting application. Really interesting. And I think that a lot of the things you said are really interesting to our viewers because so many people are young and in the process of starting their own apps with the MVP process and also brand growth. You guys have killed that. You guys have really embodied the brand message of Handshake Bets. I think it's really cool. And getting acquired and working with Better and doing all these partnerships is really valuable. I think um, going off of that, I think I would love to know about what you've learned as an entrepreneur, because that's something that a lot of young students are looking into doing, but the most valuable part of that is the learning process itself. Yeah. There's something to be said about, you know, entrepreneurship, um, not only as like a major, but as a career. Um, I think that entrepreneurship is something that's inside of people that want to be entrepreneurs. Um, I don't necessarily think it's something that like is taught, I don't not, I wouldn't say that I've like always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but there is definitely something that's like I want to be my own boss, right? And I think those are two different things. So I want to unpack that a little bit. So like I think an entrepreneur is someone that's a self-starter that has these great visions. Um, the Steve Jobs of the world, right? They want to innovate. They want to make whatever annoying part of their life a little bit better, and they want to like invent something there. I think that's what an entrepreneur is. And then there's the people that want to be their own bosses, and those are the people that you know, maybe start their nine to five or in my case scenario, my 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. graveyard shift at Amazon. And 
you know, you do that for a little bit and you appreciate all the people that work for you and you learn from all the people around you and you start to think about, okay, like this is good. I'm okay here, but how could I do something that I maybe enjoy more? Um, and I think that that's like what it comes down to the most is like, I wake up every day and I feel blessed and happy that I get to work with people I like and work on something that I personally love. And I feel like insanely blessed for that opportunity. And I think that that's like a super important thing. And if you're, you know, waking up at school and you don't love what you're doing, right? What can you do? What club can you join? Where can you go out this weekend? It, that's not, you know, the same thing you did last weekend so you don't get bored of it. And it's like, you're just going to continue over that. The person that's the, the they want to be their own boss, they're going to find those other avenues to go have fun, right? They're going to do things with people around them that they like to become their own boss and be a more happy person, which I think at the end of the day is what we are all, I guess, chasing. Sorry to get a little too, like, sorry to get like psych, uh, psychological on you. But I, I do think that there's a, there's an importance there between being an entrepreneur and someone that wants to be their own boss. And I, I just want to talk about that for a second. Did, did I answer your question? I know I kind of went off on a tangent yeah, there. 100%, 100%. I think you mentioned a lot of great values. I really appreciate that. Of course. Um, going into another topic, the online gaming industry, it's definitely grown tremendously in the past three years, especially since COVID. Pretty much all states in the U.S. have legalized it, and you guys are working under a brand, but a online gaming app better. And I think that industry is so massive nowadays. Where do you see that industry going in the next 10 to 15 years? Where do you see your brand fitting into that? I know you mentioned making that app and molding that into that industry. What do you think about that entire situation? Yeah, I, it, it's, it's one of those things that in my lifetime, I feel like I've seen um, just like where, literally where I was born, a lot of this happened, right? So I actually remember the day that FanDuel and DraftKings got their, um, they got legislation to pass them to have these, you know, daily fantasy apps. And at the time I didn't know what that was, but I remember I was like, oh, this could be cool. Um, and that was like the first kind of legal loophole, I would say, into gaming products um, being legalized in the United States. And I think that where we are going it could be, you know, it, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, right? I, I think that betting and playing daily fantasy sports is obviously fun for the consumer that wants to enjoy. But I also understand that it is a vice at the end of the day, and it's something we need to be extremely careful with. And that's why at Better, um, we are the first company to not accept any credit card form of payment. You have to have the money in your you know, actual bank account in order to be wagering. And we're also limiting the amount of money that any user under the age of 25 can deposit or can play with in um, a month, month over month um, period. And you have to go through an actual like, checklist of things in order to increase that. So I, I think that that's one thing that like really drove our brand to better because we understand, right? At the end of the day, the videos we post make betting and betting on anything look very fun. But we also do understand like this is a vice for a lot of people that needs to be talked about. Um, and that's also why we do a lot of things sometimes where it's like we only wager with two dollars when we bet on random stuff that we don't know. We don't have the statistical odds behind. Um, so I, I think that I want to make that point before I continue to talk about where I think the industry goes. Um, I think that the betting culture, right, we've seen 
you know, Bleacher Report on their national accounts. And we've seen CNN, Fox, all these big name programs. NBC is buying parts of companies now that have betting aspects tied to them. I, I definitely think it's something that we're going to have to learn to live with. Um, but I think there's a line here, right? I think we've seen for years now announcers, you know, I, what I would call old school media. Um, I don't know if you know this, Sam, but a lot of those guys are betting on the games in the background. And when they make that comment at the end of the game, oh, that had more involvement for some. That's them signaling to the viewer, like, hey, I also just won some money on that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that like, that's good. I, I think that they call the game with more passion. I think people, you enjoy the game more when you have a little bit of skin in the game. Um, but that doesn't mean, like, going back to my responsible gaming, do not bet with more than you can afford to lose. Seriously, unit control, unit control, unit control. Uh, for all of you out there listening, please. Uh, the other thing I will say, though, is as social media becomes, you know, this giant, right? We're all on social media. There's a lot of different outlets now that are promoting uh, gambling, daily fantasy sports. It's it's almost information overload, but I think people need to understand that there are people out there that are actually doing research that you should be listening to. And then there are people out there that are saying, hi, send me money and I'll give you picks. That maybe you need to, you know, vet before you actually make an investment of that. Uh, measure. But I, I, I seriously think that as all of these old school media companies get more involved, I only think the gaming industry is going to continue to grow. I remember one of my first times meeting um, our current CEO, our, our CEO, Joey Levy. Um, he mentioned that of the like legal age people gambling, I think only, or sorry, of people above the age of 21 in the United States, it was something like less than 20% of them have ever placed a wager. Um, I think that number has definitely grown since the last time I, since we had that conversation, you know, about almost 24 months ago. But I don't think it's grown yet to the point where it's like, holy, that was, it's a significant growth. So I think we need to be very careful with, as these things become more legal, who we're listening to about this, who's reporting us the, you know, whether it's the game line or the player prop or the player projection, um, on a daily fantasy app, we need to be very, very, very careful with just like letting people kind of get in easy. I, I definitely think it's something that in you know, Sam and you and I, in yours and I lifetime, it's going to become every single game has the spread listed. Um, you've already seen ESPN uh, allow other companies to come live and on maybe on on an ESPN two do a watch along where they're sweating their bet is the main part of the screen and the game is going on in the top, you know, in the top third. It's happening, right? And it's it's whether we as the consumer want it to keep happening is going to determine how much it grows. But I definitely think that based on all the players involved, um, it's, it's almost inevitable at this point. Um, but I want to like harp that just because it's inevitable doesn't mean that you have to do it. Doesn't mean that you have to, you know, happen and if you are choosing to participate please remember this you will get the same amount of enjoyment from winning ten dollars on a game that you will from a hundred dollars in the game because you are making money for something that you are just watching so please keep that in mind um, whenever you are wagering or betting of any kind very good advice and a lot of insightful information about the online gaming industry very important industry um I'd like to hear, kind of to wrap it up, what are your maybe three pieces of advice for IU students who either are looking into being entrepreneurs or not really sure what they want to do? 
maybe from a perspective of a sophomore in their spring semester who's trying to figure out what major they're going to pick. Uh, what are some pieces of advice for those students? Yeah, I, I love this question. I love the way you phrase it with uh, you maybe a sophomore in their spring semester, right? So me as a sophomore in my spring semester, um, I was actually, I was a triple major. I was in I-Core. Uh, I was going to do professional sales, supply chain management, uh, operations management. I know the last two are very similar, so it was like one or two extra classes I would have had to take. But I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to solve the world. I'm going to figure out the relationship between, you know, the industry or between sales and supply chain. And I'm going to do all these great things. and I'm going to save the world. That was my mindset, right? And then I was like, ah, I don't know if I got that in my bag. Okay, so here we are. You have to be able to acknowledge those things and be adaptable, right? That's the first thing I'm trying to say. So be adaptable. Everything I do, everything, our entire job is something that, I haven't done before. I've never edited videos before I took on this job. I had never, you know, been on a podcast. Um, like I've been on a couple of different podcasts now. I've hosted my own podcast. I've produced a podcast. I've never done any of that. You just have to be able to say, okay, this is what I'm doing now and be the best that you can be at that. So that's be adaptable. Then take a chance, right? I took a leap of faith. I left a job that was, I hate to say it, it was a good job, you know, it, it was, I would have had a great career. Um, I could have been doing great things at Amazon. I, I have nothing against Amazon. I didn't leave for any specific reason. I literally left because my passion project had turned into a reality. Um, and that all just starts by saying yes, right? The, the first time we got reached out to in the Instagram DMs when we had 5,000 followers, you know, 4,000 of them probably IU, fellow IU students that we were like begging to follow us at the time. When they reach out to us, we're like, hey, yeah, we'd love to take your call. That turned out to be um, one of the people I sit next to every single day. She saw our, our page on TikTok. And she's like, I like these guys. And she DM'd us. Um, that is like, we just said yes, right? We said, yeah, we'll, we'll take the first call. And then flash forward two weeks, we're now sitting in Jake Paul's kitchen talking about a contract. Okay, like it, life happens um, and you got to be able to, you know, say, take that chance. And then the last one that I touched on earlier, but I'll spin it a little bit was be happy. Being happy also comes from like being prepared. If you cannot, if you can't wake up in the morning and like, no, I'm going to do these couple of things. You're in my opinion, it's going to be very hard to be an entrepreneur. Um, you're going to spend a lot of your day thinking about what should I be doing versus doing the things that you should be doing. Um, and I think that can apply to, you know, you as a, you know, or any college student as well. It's like, okay, I have this homework assignment due tomorrow. And if you know that the night before you're going to wake up tomorrow and schedule your day kind of a little bit differently than if you wake up the next morning and then realize you have a homework assignment to do. Now you're kind of in a, like, like your day is kind of ruined, right? You're, you're running around like a chick with like a chicken with your head cut off, trying to figure out how am I going to get this assignment done when I have this, this, and this class to go to stuff like that. So, you know, I, for a long time had a notes app. And every single day it was things I did today, things I'll do tomorrow. And I kept myself accountable that way, right? And it was the same note I used over and over again. And everything that I did on things I did today, you know, or things I'll do tomorrow, I would slide up to the top. And that's I forgot to do it. Then I put it right back there. And it'd be the first thing I do yeah. the next day, right? And you just kind of got to get in that cycle. Be ready. Understand where you are in your life. Um, and, but it, it really comes down to, and, and the guys will agree with me if, if, they, uh, if they ever come on here and talk, it, it's you got to just like one day you got to just say i'm going to do it if you want if you want to do it you you got to take a chance right and that's uh that's what it comes back to
Awesome. Awesome. Awesome advice. And uh, I really appreciate you joining. So that was the first episode of the Kelly pod. And I'm looking forward to hearing more about handshake bets. Definitely everyone give them a follow. And um, if you have any last words, of course. Yeah, guys. Um, I think that there is, I, Sam, this is more of a note for you. I'd love for you to keep an episode too, but I think that me being the first person on here um, just shows kind of a lot about what this podcast is going to become. I think that Sam is, has a great vision here and, I think that sharing, you know, my story hopefully helped you. And if you guys have any questions, please DM me. Uh, reach out to Sam directly. Let him know that you want to talk to me. More than one, hop on a call. Sam can vouch for me. He hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, I tried to apply as fast as I could. We hopped on a call as soon as we could last week. And now here we are on the pod. I think that there's um, a lot of very valuable lessons to learn. And if, you know, anyone mentions to me that they're an IU alum that, and they want to talk to someone, Sam, I'll be directing them your way. And I urge all of you, if you guys have siblings um, that are, you know, you're listening to this and you have a sibling that came to IU, they have a cool job or they have a cool story or something like that, please, please, please reach out to Sam. Let him know what's going on. I am sure that this podcast is going to do very well. Sam, please stick with it. I know how hard podcasting be, can be, but we are always here to help. Please let us know. Please let For me know sure. where I can help. For sure. Thank you so much. So uh, that was the first podcast. Go Hoosiers.